This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So welcome, welcome. You're live with Dr. Jeff Weber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, as well as my Instagram Live. We're going live today from Orlando, Florida at the VMX, and which is the very meeting, veterinary meeting, meeting and, and expo. expo. Yeah, and this, <laughs> is part, this, is, this is part of the NABC North American Veterinary Conference. And we have a great guest today. And here with me is Dr. Dana Barbel. Hi. And Dana is a a veterinarian, and mm-hmm. that's why Dr. Dana Barbel, and she is Chief Veterinary Officer here at the VMX mm-hmm. and NABC. Correct. And yeah. uh, anyway, so I, when I'm here, I like to talk about stuff that's interesting for everybody. So uh, I'm going to get right to it. First of all, as you know, I like to peruse the news. Now, um, we are here live at coming out of Orlando, so you can't call me, but you can drop me notes so we can get both of us in the picture. <laughs> I'm going to wave as many of you as I can and write widescreen. <laughs> So I may not see all your questions, but we have lots to talk about. So that's okay, because yeah. you're going to learn a lot and, and hopefully have some fun. So first of all, as you know, perusing the news. I like this one. And Dana's going to just chime in. We have some things to talk sure. about. And uh, this first one, this something controversial. We already had a little conversation. So it's fun because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they say the difference of opinion is makes horse racing. So <laughs> FDA approved a new drug by Zoetis. It's called Silencia. It sounds like, a, you know, coming from Los Angeles, everybody speaks Spanish. <laughs> Silencia. So like, shut up. <laughs> So treat arthritis pain in cats. The active ingredient, listen, to this, it's, a, it's a big word. It's crunevimet, you know, crunevet mab. Say it 10 times. Crunevet mab. And uh, basically what it does is it binds to the nerve growth factor protein and blocks signals from that protein to the brain. So it blocks the pain signal, and which is great. So it's very innovative, very new. Yeah. And um, I think that's great. So we're having a talk about, this is where I get to sound a little cruel sometimes. <laughs> and, and I talk to my clients about this. You know, we know that when we hurt ourselves, we injure ourselves, we have a mm-hmm. soft tissue injury, mm-hmm. we have some pain, that even though we're going to take our NSAIDs, we're going to take our pain medication, yep. we're going to take our Robaxin, yep. we're still going to lie down and stay off of our leg or our back, whatever it is. Dogs don't know that. So what happens is, I find, is that sometimes, it's not like I'm mean and cruel, not that I want to be, of course we're going to treat excruciating pain, but if there's a little bit of discomfort left, I think that's what keeps them honest. And uh, Dana doesn't think so. Dana wants I to keep don't. it. She wants to drug them up. Well, drug no, them up. you know what? I... You know, I think about myself because yeah. I've done, I did sports growing up and, and I'm still a very active person. So, and I'm not always the most coordinated person yeah. and all, all of my colleagues in the back are laughing because I trip, I fall. I'm just sort of a silly person. And so I've had injuries and I just think about when I've been injured, even though I'm taking, like you said, my NSAIDs, my other pain medication, if I, it, whatever I'm doing at the time, I'm still sore. So right. even then I still think I have enough pain to know Gosh, if I step on that, it's going to hurt still. Right, so you stay off it. So anyway, you know you know your dogs. You're treating a dog for pain or a cat for pain and with this new medication, for example. And, yeah. and it is, I'm, I'm going to get my hand over the screen, guys. It's not, I'm not covering you up. I'm just saying I'm waving to you. So anyway, that if you see that they are, you're having a tough time keeping them quiet, then you might want to talk to your vet, obviously. There yeah. may be something else you can add to it. Maybe something yeah. to sedate them a little bit. And still, you're controlling the pain, but they're doing that. Well, you know, I think today we have so many more options, right. you know, not just for pain, but like what you're talking about, sedation. But some of them are really just to decrease anxiety and make right, them right. a little quieter yeah. nowadays. So help. they're not as knocked out, right. which is nice because I know, like if I, I have big dogs. Mm-hmm. You've seen pictures of my right. dog. He's yeah. huge. If he's too sedate, I can't, I can't pick yeah, him up. Right. He weighs 120. 
because I can't move him. Right, right. So for us, it's more about him being quiet, not sedate. Right. Okay, next up. There's a conservation center in near Fort Collins that celebrated the first birthday for a black-footed ferret. So what's the big deal? Ah, here's big the big deal. deal. This ferret was cloned from a ferret, and this the species is, is on the endangered list. Mm-hmm. So they cloned her from a ferret that died 35 years ago. So and now cool. she's a female. She's going to have kits. And they're going to take those kits and send them out to the wild and mm-hmm. hopefully to repopulate with this genetic diversity some of these this particular species. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Huh? I love this story because yeah. I think it's so neat. You know, one of the things that our, our species suffer from is is something we call a genetic bottleneck. I mean, there's just not enough genetics right. to, like, keep them healthy. So this really opens up, you know, hopefully a, a really yeah. good thing, a really a possibility of being able to add that genetic diversity right. back in. Right. And the big thing, you know, Jeff, that this helps prevent is maybe some diseases that we just, right. they're, they're genetic they're the prone pool. them right. to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So really exciting story. That's pretty good. I'm so um, glad you shared that. This one you're going to like, too. And this is the law in Texas. You know, we are really like these animal welfare laws and things that are protecting our animals and, and really holding pet parents and owners and, and handlers responsible for what and how they do. And mm-hmm. so here's one that it's a new Texas law banning the use of chain tethers, weights, or poorly fitting and, or constraining collars and harnesses on dogs that are left outside. And if they are left outside, they have to have shelter and large enough that they can stand, sit, turn around. And I think that's great. I mean, I do. of course, the animal welfare advocates are saying, well, eh, it's okay. I mean, of course, it's okay. I mean, what we need, they're worried that we're going to have, how are you going to monitor it? I mean, everybody's going to get on their phone mm-hmm. and call them about their neighbors. <laughs> so they're going to have uh, personnel from, from Animal Reg driving around all the time and peeking in people's backyards. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a tough one. But at least at least now people are on, on alert. It's a start, right? It's somehow, a good exactly, start. It's a start. Yeah. We're watching it. We're going to watch yeah. it. And let's see. As I turn the page, yes, the things you want to talk about too. Oh, this is one we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And again, I really like the, these the little animals, these little critters. I never had one, but Dana knows a lot more about them. Bearded dragons. Yeah. And, and all of the reptiles carry a lot of salmonella. And apparently there were 44 cases. I'm just waving and I'm trying to keep my phone steady. <laughs> so you're not drunk. You're, it's me. So that there's salmonella. So you be very careful. There were 44 cases, over yeah. 25 states. They actually had a chance to interview 33 yep. people, 22 of which had contact with a bearded dragon just yeah. before they fell ill. Yeah. So that tells you. I mean, it's something that's really important. For those of us that work, I work with reptile pets all the time. And it's something we always tell our clients and we remind people all the time. But we have to consider that almost all reptiles potentially carry salmonella. It's part of their normal bacteria. Right. And it doesn't make them sick usually. Right. But it can obviously make humans very very sick so we talk about this the big thing we're so good at this now after the pandemic right wash your hands good hygiene i always talk about and this is something i've made this mistake before myself because we're human right i've taken their water bowl and just gone and washed it with my regular dishes right and then afterwards been like oh right because you just don't know is there salmonella in the bowl there could be so you're supposed to really wash your reptile pets like keep their habitats clean separately. Keep yeah. all the, they don't feed them in the kitchen. No. Don't prepare their food. No. Uh, don't let them come in the kitchen. And as Dana just said, when you are washing, they do it in the bathroom. Do it someplace where you're not going to have or someplace you can wash. Yeah. you know yeah. that's one thing. Like sometimes I'll like do like that a laundry in the sink or something. Yeah, bathroom, right. a laundry sink is a right. great place. Right, right. In so, the summer outside. I know that sounds crazy, but right. in some places that's really possible. So, yeah. There's another story I, I love. I love when the first story came out about, you know, we know that the dog knows 
is, is like none other. You know, we have 5 million nasal receptors. They have 250 million. I mean, it's insane. And what they can pick up. And I mean, I, there's stories all the time I share with you on either Instagram or on Pet Life Radio about amazing things that dogs can do. They, like recognize our expressions. Mm-hmm. They feed us. I always say dogs know us better than we know them. Mm-hmm. They really do. They read. They're so amazing. Well, anyway, we know that they were using, especially in, in um, sports venues and large concert venues, Metallica, for example, the band, they yeah. use dogs to detect COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. And they don't want anybody backstage that can actually affect them. Mm-hmm. And there are dogs there. Well, so what's happening is that what the dogs are, are sensing mm-hmm. is the, the protein from the virus that yeah. gets into our sweat. Cool. And so what were those dogs smelling to, uh, they were smelling, it's a sweat from our hands and our feet. But interestingly, the Omicron doesn't work the same. Oh, bummer. Okay. So what they're doing is it's more, it's not the airways. Mm -hmm. It's truly the bronchioles, part of the airways. But but that's not directly linked to the sweat. So what they're having these dogs do is smell the mask. Oh, They have to take the mask. Interesting. Halitosis doesn't bother the dogs. (laughs) So they don't have to worry. But, I think um, they have their own halitosis yeah, to, right. to, to conquer, That's right? right? We, oh we have to worry gosh. about them yeah. a lot more. And trust me, for a guy who gets licked in the face by zillions, <laughs> I know. I, I think I'm, a, I'm immune to it by now, I think. People say, oh my God, his breath is terrible. I go, I don't smell anything. It's like dog to me, right? And you're so used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. I always say veterinarians, luckily, it seems like collectively we have a very poor sense of smell. <laughs> That's a, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing, <laughs> yes. Yep. So, uh Except for anal glands. But anyway, that, that, still, that still gets that me. That still gets me. I can me. walk Fair into enough. a room. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so what they're doing is, but, they, but the interesting thing is the dogs still can sense it, even with the Omicron variant. Oh, cool. So uh, that's pretty Good. cool. Good. So there were some things that I know we spoke about earlier that yeah. we want to talk about that, you know, again, Dana coming as a chief veterinary officer coming from a little bit more of the, the science end of it. But these things I feel are, are very interesting. So yeah. you know that we treat cancer with radiation. I know what my mom had her brain cancer, yeah. they were using what we call stereotactic radiation, yeah. where they can take that radiation beam mm-hmm. and put it exactly where it needs to go. Isn't that but cool? It's amazing. <laughs> and anyway, now that's being done in animals. Yeah. So, so the, apparently there's a talk here about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a talk about it. What's cool about it is it's tiny, it, the radiation and the side effects of the radiation, doses go down, it's easier for pets, it's easier for their owners, right. the folks that love them, to actually get this treatment now. So what a cool thing. So basically, by being able to direct the beam directly at the mask, you're, getting, you're not getting scattered. It's so focused. And I think that's really, really cool. And, and yeah. again, we talk about safety issues. Absolutely. It's, it's safer for the animals and it's safer for those around. Safer for us, exactly. too. Safer for the folks so that, that are good. treating them, which is awesome. Another thing that, again, we sort of don't put a lot of attention in. We haven't. And now it's becoming more of an issue. Because it's being done by, as we like to say now, veterinary nurses. We yep. should talk about that. What is yeah. going on here at, at NABC? Well, we're really excited because we have some big announcements coming up that we're really, really focused on making sure that you guys understand what veterinary nurses, veterinary technicians do. Right. That it is a profession, that they had to go to school, that they have a ton of experience, that they have a ton of expertise. It's like an RN. It is. Right. Yeah, we really want to position them. They are the RNs. For animals, right. yeah. And the interesting is, they, they being the nurses, the veterinary technicians, when you talk about your computer and you talk about the repair person, what do you call them? A, a technician. technician. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk in the industry, within the industry, wait a second, the veterinarian, we're doctors, just yeah. like the human doctors and mm-hmm. the dentists, we're doctors. Why are the nurses called technicians? Yeah. Where they do the same thing. Of, you know, it's, it is, it's an old term. I right. mean, but I understand too, I mean, some of our veterinary technicians worked really, really hard to get 
their titles and their yeah. and their oh, credentials. Absolutely. And that's awesome. But when you say veterinary nurse, everyone everybody gets it. They get it, it. Right? They get, they get it. it. Yeah. Right. So you know what nurses do. Right. So I'm going to wave to a few of you. Oh, by the way, thanks for joining me. Now, I'm not because my phone, so I can get me and Dana here. It's <laughs> sort of so angled amazing. differently. Yeah. Um, I can't see any of your questions. So I will review this afterwards and obviously get back to you. Or you can always get a hold of me directly to talk about anything you want me to talk about. As you know, you know how to find me, Worbs underscore DVM. Just put it Dr. Jeff Werber. It'll come. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Next up. So what we're talking about nurses, apparently yeah. now neonatal care for puppies and kittens is becoming something that's, we never thought we about do. this. We do, I know. And now it's, it's really- We just kind of, dogs and kittens have puppies, yeah. and we just kind of did this, right? right we right. hope for the best, right, yeah. Right. But especially, you know, because we are paying more attention. So again, those puppies and kittens that are born, we really do need our veterinary nurses to be super educated on right. how to take care of them right. because we want that great neonatal care so that they can- Make it and be all our wonderful Well, you know, pets. think about this. I, as you know, I do a lot of French Bulldogs. I, mm. I see hundreds of Frenchies in my practice. And many, most Frenchies also need to have C-sections. Yes. And again, working with a veterinary nurse, veterinary yeah. tech, who understands what to do. Because there I am. I'm pulling the thing. I mean, I've, our I've delivered. Our hands are full. Yeah. Our I've hands are you know, full. Some litters yeah. as, as much as 10 puppies. Yeah. And they have to know how to get these, you know, how to check them out, how to get them breathing, how to do yeah. them, the, the rocking. Scoop. Right, the scoop, exactly. Yeah, like an underhand, yeah. I say it's like an underhand <laughs> softball. Thing, yeah. and, and how to hold them. And, and you know, this is not something How to get you, them heat and right. nutrition and do they need it right away. And so their education right. in that area means so much to us because We're, then we don't have to right, worry, right? right? And again, in a lot of states, for example, are RVTs right now, registered veterinary technicians, uh, like back home, I can be finish a, a major surgery. I'm waiting for my next one. They're yeah. bugging me. Doc, we got to get going. We got to get going. Right? He's already under anesthesia. I can have my technician close yeah. the wound, close the skin. Yep. They're allowed to do it in California. Absolutely. How about dental yeah. extractions? They're allowed to do it in California. Mm-hmm. So we rely so much on, yeah. on them yeah. as long as we're right there. Yeah. We have to be what they call under direct supervision. Absolutely. And and yet they're so talented. And so quite talented. Fun, when I started as a veterinary nurse technician, way, 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 <laughs> way, way back, right? What we were doing, we were cleaning cages. Doing yeah. fecals, giving shots, not even giving shots, preparing this, them. the yeah. injections, right? Yeah. That's still no important fun. work. Yeah, but still important on. work, but that's what the assistants do. Right, right. These folks are educated. Right. They don't need to be doing stuff like cleaning right. cages. They need to be administering right. those shots right. and helping us calculate and good fluid doses. And, and, yeah. And doing it's doing what the we call TPRs. Nursing right. care. Yeah. yeah. So. Telling us if something's wrong with right. the patient. We can't be there with all, all of our patients in the hospital. Right. But our nurses can. Yes. Yeah, veterinary so. nurses can. So, yeah. so that, that's great. So we're, we're going to be hearing a lot more about veterinary nurses. And just so you know out there, that, you know, people ask me all the time, so doc, you're going to be doing that dentistry, right? You're going to be doing it. I said, well, I do, we do the anesthesia, yep, but I have, my dental techs have done more dentistry than I do. Oh, far more, far right. more. I right. have no business doing them. They're so talented <laughs> right. too. Right. Why would I, I've told people, I'm like, I'm flattered, but you right. don't want me to do right. that. Well, my think about this are way. much who's, better. Who's cleaning your teeth? Is the dentist cleaning your teeth or is the dental hygienist? Yeah, right. exactly. So, Same thing. And right, exactly. you want that person with the most expertise right. doing the thing and that they are most qualified to right. do. And, yeah. and who enjoy doing that because that's, they went through all this program, the schooling, they have to get mm-hmm. licensed. It's a two-year program in many states. Yep. And uh, Some places four. Really? They, yeah. Oh, wow. Because you can get a bachelor's degree oh. now. Oh, you see, that's, that's, that's something really cool. Even Now you're teaching an old dog new thing. So, uh, well, we try. Yeah, right. We try. <laughs> so, oh, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Next up, CPR. Yeah. 
And apparently there's some new things going there on is. at the CPR. So, so most of us at home, you guys have heard of like the Red Cross CPR classes. Right. And it's really interesting because if you take a Red Cross CPR class, you're not just certified in CPR, but you know the rules, right? How often to press, what to do in what order. Well, for the longest time, we didn't have that with dogs and cats. Right. We knew it. Had, we got trained in it in vet school. Right. And we... Did it, and you know there was some. They talked about the Heimlich maneuver and, thing, yeah. things like that, with choking, right? Yeah. Well, now there's a CPR course for animals called Recover, and it's really great because now it puts all those. It kind of takes the Red Cross model and makes it available for animals, right. so that we can be more consistent and have better results. Now, is this something that pet parents, owners have access to or can have access to as well? Both. So okay. it's for professionals like us to standardize CPR in a hospital setting. But I do know that Recover has some information out there for pet owners, too. Okay. So that's really important because, of course, just like CPR and people, the sooner that it gets started, the better chance we have. Right, right. So um, now you mentioned earlier that you see a lot of reptiles. I do. So you do a lot of exotics? I do. I do. I see. So I see. I work at a clinic that does not do dogs and cats, actually, right really? now. Yes. As well as my job here at NABC. Yeah. Yes. So we see everything, like everything tell else. Us some good stories. <laughs> so I did. I just saw a duck. Okay. And unfortunately, this duck, the duck and had a had a run in with a raccoon, uh, and you know it was a little scary because ducks and raccoons. This is a big duck. Yeah. And I don't know what this raccoon was thinking because there's right. no way this raccoon was going to win this fight. But the raccoon went off, and the duck unfortunately had a very big wound. So we've been working really hard with this duck and his wonderful, super devoted owner who just is. Tash loves her duck. So I'm getting weekly pictures. I'll yeah. have to show them to Dr. Jeff yeah. afterwards because every week I'm seeing this wound oh, get better and shrink and the infections mm. resolved. And so I'm thrilled. Now, do you guys one. do big cats too? We do not because yeah, we're, yeah, they're fun. Yeah. But in the state of Illinois where I'm at, that is a USDA. Uh, gotcha. They're they're very regulated. How, now, so. it's so funny because years and years and years ago, <laughs> let's go back in the late 80s, mm-hmm. I did, I was at one of the conferences. And they had a whole day on populated pigs, and they were just getting popular. I Those said, you know what? Still see. So absolutely, I, I yes. saw. Wait, wait. So I saw one potbelly pig. After all this, I had a whole day. I mean, literally, I was so ready to go. I, I was, <laughs> I knew it, right? So one comes in, and uh, it was a Latin family in Los Angeles. Uh, they also had a dog I took care of, right? And I, I saw the potbelly pig. It was yep. you know, really cute, fun. Anyway, about yep. a year goes by, maybe a year and a half. Okay, and I'm seeing it with the dog. And I finally say, he said, what, 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 whatever happened to that popular pig? Oh, hell, Doc, he got way too big. Oh, no. We, we ate it. Oh, oh my goodness. I've not seen ate, that. Oh, my gosh. Your, no. pot, your pet? No. But well, I guess for a large animal, we know. I, I was going to say, yeah. that's a, that sounds like a large animal. We, yeah. I don't see any of my yeah. pot-bellied pig owners love <laughs> yeah. and adore their pets going, yeah. that, going that route. Just, I, well, yeah. but, you know, my oldest daughter, Ronna, just got, well, just eight months ago, got a, a mini golden doodle. Oh, this thing cool. is the cutest thing on the planet. A mini. It was so cute. I picture, I should post the pictures. Well, that mini doodle who was just in the other day, right, eight months old, is 46 pounds. Not as mini as she was hoping. Right, huh? And he's as tall as my yellow lab. Oh, boy. And he's not done growing yet. Oh, I mean, no. That's just the so beginning. Cute. That does happen with but, some pot belly pigs well, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, but you have to understand, when you think of genes, okay, you have these crosses. All right, and you have a lot of doodle crosses, but you have a golden. I had a labradoodle. I was one of the first. He passed about six, seven years ago, and I had him for I had him twenty years ago. Good old Pierce. But when the genes come from the parents, it's not like they blend each gene. No, you're going to get that gene from that day. You're going to that gene, that gene, and you, you just never know. Never know. Yeah. Well, clearly, 
the growth gene came from came the golden through. retriever. <laughs> so sometimes they do, yep, right? Yep, sometimes yep, yep. they do. That's and not when, when you have like a, what we call yeah. F one, which is the first generation, yep. it's that that whole gene. And anyway, right, look. He is so much fun and he's so cute. That's all that so, matters. But, and that's all right. that matters. And Good. the kids, you know, my grandkids love him and he's Good. so sweet. Good. Good. But no, so uh, when you talk about these dogs, these animals that get too big, that's why. I mean, I don't yeah. know. How did they breed originally populate pigs? Were they, did they breed them down? Well, from other... yeah, they're, you know, smaller version right. of a pig. And, and in other countries, they tend to have smaller pigs than we have in the U.S. Right. So it's been a combination of things that have bred down the genetics of these pigs right. to be quite small. So most of the ones that we see are actually well into their yeah. generations. And and typically, you know, when we say pot-bellied or mini pigs, I'll, I'll preface this, mini pigs are still usually 60, 70 pounds. Yeah, right, right, they're right, not right. tiny, right, tiny right. pigs, but... Yeah, they're still quite small, manageable. And how about the mini horses? I do not see those. Those go with their horse vets. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I joke. This is a bad joke. They're a horse of a different color. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that is not, that's not what we see. But, you know, yeah. So I don't really do exotics. I, mean, uh-huh. I was, you know, you learn about it in vet school. Of course. A couple yeah. of my, I have two of my classmates that are zoo vets right now. Wonderful. But the greatest case I had, actually, I mean, it didn't turn out well once we found out what it was, but <laughs> doing it was great. And that was, I got to work on, you know, the huge goldfish, right? The, uh, oh, the koi. The, the koi. Yes. So, Beautiful and koi are, and yeah. very expensive. Very expensive, so, yeah. So here's this koi. It was brought to me. I said, well, a koi? Yeah. It had a mass. Mm-hmm. And no one knew it to it. So I read up on it. It was really cool when I think about what I did. You know what? I don't even know if it was right or wrong, but it worked. And that is, so I, I took, you know, like um, when you go to a restaurant and they're busting your table? Yeah. Okay. They have those big gray, right? Bits. So we, yep. filled, we filled it with water up halfway, took the anesthetic gas, and put it in, into That's the water. That's one way to do it, yeah. And put this fish in the water. Yep. We then had to pluck. You can't really, it's really hard to cut through the scales. So it we is. had to pluck the scales and enough that I could make an incision, made an incision, and found out, unfortunately, that this fish had a tumor yeah. in its liver. Mm. All right. Mm. I removed the lobe okay. of the liver, sewed up the, the fish. Yep. All right. And it lived, I mean, it Good. was we knew, but it lived Good. for like another like month. Good. Well, That's that was pretty cool. You know uh, what? Hmm. I just did surgery on one of my own fish last year. Did you year. really? Yeah, for the same thing. Yeah, we had a we did a tumor removal on one of my cichlid fish. Really? So yeah, and the fun thing about that is I work in a clinic with a very small CT machine. So not only did I get to do surgery, I actually have a CT of my own fish. That is so yeah. cool. It was really fun because I got to plan the surgery better right. because of that additional right, information. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was well, really that, fun. Well, they were talking about now. I reported on this a couple of weeks ago about doing CTs now yeah. um, prior to some of these surgeries and. What they did was they did um, a CT. They were doing 3D, so the um, the copying. What do they call it? With the um, where they do now models. Oh yeah, um, they could create a, they create a, a 3D, 3D model. model. Right. Cool. Yeah. And, and they use that, and by doing CTs and seeing, they were able to measure how fast this animal was a young dog. Well, young oh, uh, was a wild animal. Was an animal. It was growing. Cool. Um, it was a calf, I think. Okay. And they were so, and then they were fitting it with this uh, this um, 3D model. Oh, neat! And it was that so is cool. so cool. Yeah. yeah. And who knew we would be able to do that? Oh, in a regular. Well, the clinic. whole thing 3D. Oh. <laughs> and we know what they're talking about now. They're talking about being able to remanufacture organs. Oh, I know. Isn't that crazy? You know. And uh, you, of course, saw the pig transplant to human. Right. 
Yeah. Who knew, right? right, right. Mind blown. Yeah. yeah. Well, they used to also go even pig valves. Yes, for, for, pig valves for people. For yeah. No, so that stuff is, is uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really cool case just to share. I'm going to post pictures. Unfortunately, it was such an emergency that I really didn't get to do. I mean, I wasn't thinking at the time <laughs> I should get a pre picture of this. Oh. All right. We all uh, forget again. when it's really fun. Right. We, we get so involved. Oh you forget, right? Oh, so, gosh. anyway, it was a Frenchie came in, HBC, hit by a car, oh, and had a prop toast eye. That means his eye. Besides having some beat up around the face, it hit him in the head. His eye was literally popped out. Oh, ouch. and that is that's an emergency. You got to get is. to it really it quickly because you have a number of things to be concerned about, and you don't know, unfortunately, right away. And that is number one is the optic nerve, mm-hmm. and number two are the orbicularis muscles, which control the eye going right, left, up, down. So you have to reduce it as fast as you can. Very tough to do sometimes. Plus, sometimes, because the, yeah. the lid. Now is since behind the eye, so you got to, and it gets swollen. It's uncomfortable. Right. So, yeah. so anyway, I was able to reduce it, and I did. A, I did a third eyelid flap. Yep. And then a temporary tarsorophy. So you do. You take the third eyelid, you hold it up, all right. You sew it up, then you you um, close the lid. It's called the temporary tarsorophy. You leave a little bit of the inside open at the medial canthus, so you can still administer the drugs. Yeah. And um, I just the dog just came in after a week. You, it's I'm not taking the stitches out yet. It's unbelievable. Good. The eye, you can see, is moving around behind oh, the lid. Oh, that's the best, isn't, that isn't it? So we don't know if we have vision yet, no. uh, but at least it'll, it'll keep heal. its eye. Yeah. I, it'll keep its eye. Those are those can be really satisfying. Oh my God, those are the I best. My, yeah. One of my favorite cases was actually one of those because, and part of it was that it was just like you. You could see it was healing. Yeah. It was successful. But I'm not going to lie, part of it was because it was a chihuahua named Pickles. Oh, yeah. And I just loved him. Right. I just loved his name. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, who has a chihuahua named Pickles? Yeah. It so, was great. So this, it's so cool. When you do those kind of surgeries, you see the result. It is so rewarding. As a it veterinarian, is. it's it so is. rewarding. You know, I remember I had a, because I see a lot of bulldogs, I do cleft palate surgery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have the split lip. And you yeah. Have, right? And I have pre and post pictures also oh, that I have. cool. Those and, are fun. Oh, it is so much fun. So rewarding, right? And when you think about literally where you can see your result and it is, it is like you said, mm-hmm. it's so rewarding, you know, put these animals back together and, yeah. and do great. So I'm going to put the phone this way for a second because <laughs> I want to see if there are any questions that we can really talk about. I waved at a lot of people. Hello, hello, hello. I got my sister there. I got my other <laughs> sister there. Okay. Oh, okay. oh look. So this one was training CPR. My groomers held the class with the Red Cross. That's, That's great. Awesome. We love that. We love Very that. Very cool. Um, yes, we are bringing trying with that with that story about the. Uh, yeah, I was gonna That's say. Great. I think somebody's just excited that we're yeah. doing more for those those newborn puppies and ah, kittens. Oh, thank you. Should we call veterinary nurses? nurses. No, I, you know, I, I agree. I agree because when you tell a pet parent yeah. about, well, I'm gonna have my techs do it. They go, but no, I don't need to fix your computer. Well, yeah. I need to work on my animal. <laughs> I need you to work on my animal. Yeah. yeah. And, and nurses really, really do say it's it. It's just so, people. Yeah. yeah. And it. everyone knows what a nurse does and gets right. it. Right. Okay. That's, that's, I love when other vets join me. Thanks, guys. You need to become a vet to study zoology. Just hearing ah. you guys speak about it motivates me. That's great. Isn't it? I studied zoology. Well, Keep going. I was, just, I was Keep a major. Going. I was yeah, a major. That's the way to go. You know, when, when I think <laughs> I'm just about leaning because I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. 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 So, um. Yeah, I was a zoo major. In fact, when I was at Berkeley as an undergrad, they don't have zoo anymore. They they just incorporate into biology. Biology, yeah. yeah. But I was a zoo, I was like one of the I guess one of one of the last few zoo majors oh, okay. uh, coming okay. out of Berkeley. But I will tell you that, and I'm hoping that Dana shares this sentiment, and that is that, and I tell people this all the time. Whatever the profession is, mm-hmm. if you can find something you do that you don't consider it work, it's your vocation and your avocation at the same time. Yeah, it, it's your hobby as well. I said, veterinary medicine for me is golf. Um, 
Yeah. Because I do it on, on my spare time. I could do it and I, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, after I'm in my 38th year, yeah. I always joke and sound so corny. Sorry for being corny. But <laughs> it's okay. I, it's okay. I have not worked a day in my life. Yeah. And so whatever. And I, and I lecture at my old high school. And they have a career day. Mm-hmm. And obviously I come in and I talk about veterinary medicine. And, you know, I will say that, mm-hmm. that I tell the students, I used to glorify veterinary medicine. And mm-hmm. it deserves to be glorified. However, you know, what goose, good for the goose, that was good for the gander. So We're still here. We're still here. So, and that is that I realized from the number of, I don't know, you, are you touching anyone from your high school class? I th- yeah. I, you, I, I, I yeah, do a lot. So, you, yeah. How many future veterinarians came out of your high school? Do you know? Oh, I'd have to think back. For sure me. Oh, right. Because I already knew. Right. I was one of those. <gasps> I can't recall. Right. So, in yeah. my, from my older sister to my youngest brother, all right, scan, from starting high school in 66 to graduating my little brother in 75, there were four veterinarians. Yeah. Out of couple thousands, thousands of students, right? yeah. So, you know, the truth is, even though a lot of kids want to be veterinarians, yeah. the reality is when you find out how much work, yeah. how much time, how much work you have to put in before you even apply to vet school, how many hours yeah. you have to have. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. A lot. You know? But it's a career of passion, oh, right? exactly. It's you know, you do it because so, you want to be a veterinarian. There's no other reason to do it. That's right. the reason. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I now let them know that I'm going to be equally as satisfied at the end of our session today if I talk you out of veterinary medicine <laughs> as much as I talk you into yeah. it. Because I don't want them to learn about how tough it is and to give it up after they've gone to all this work, yeah. gotten to college, then find out they have to get pretty much straight A's. Yeah. Right? And yep. it's really tough mm-hmm. to get to vet school. And then say, oh, I, I can't do this. I, if I wanted to learn learn now. Yeah. As you're and there's something else 18. that you love. There's so many great, right. you know, there's so many great options. So when we see someone but... who says, this is your dream to become a vet and study zo, yes, go for it. It's a lot Check of work. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. Check it out, but yep. it is doable. Clearly, it's doable because you got two sitting right here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, yep. All right. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on both on Pet Life Radio and live on my Instagram. This will be posted. So, uh, if you have any questions directly for me, you know how to get a hold of me, and we'll go kind of go from there. And I know uh, Dana has a lot of work to do here at uh, BMX. I do. It's great so, to talk to you, though. Great talking to you too. Have and, a great time. Uh, so again, thanks for joining me, and we will see you here. Oh, next week. I will be in air going to the Colorado Vet Med Association SKYCE, which is Ski CE. Oh, fun. So, okay. so next Sunday, we will not be here, but we will be here uh, the entire month of February. I have nothing planned and pretty much uh, March as well. WBC, a Western Vet Conference. I'm usually going to study, but I may do another live show from there as well. So uh, we'll see as we get closer. Anyway, thanks for joining me. And... Um, have a great weekend. Well, I should say, have a great week, everybody. And I will see you not next week, but the week after. And uh, until then, be well. Thanks for joining me. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.